Welcome to the City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. As I was prepping for, for today, I, I, I prepare every week. I don't know if you, if you knew that. Like, that, that. I don't just get up here and rant. Like, there, there's prep work. But I did my homework getting ready for this morning, um, meaning... I consulted pastors that I respect about the text that we're going to seek this morning. I consulted other sources that I don't normally consult getting ready. Because typically what I'll do is I'll, 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 I'll sense what the Lord is trying to speak to the church and I'll, you know, seek revelation on, on that passage or on that idea. And then, you know, I, I, there's this exchange between the Father uh, that, and, and myself that happens every week where the Lord just gives me a word for the church. It's fresh bread. I don't, I don't, I don't pull out 2012 sermons and say, let's, let's, let's switch it up because they don't remember. No, I think every week God has fresh bread for his church. There's no such thing as stale bread in the house of God. Come on, somebody. Can we say amen to that? And so, but this week was different where I'm preaching from a text that is loaded with nuance and is loaded with meaning. And I wanted to do my due diligence to make sure that uh, I preach the text in the way that it was intended to be understood. And, uh, and, and so we're speaking this morning from the topic, no invisible people. Can you, can you tell two people that no invisible people, no invisible people, no invisible people. Can you put up that graphic for me, Adriana? No invisible People, it's this, this idea, and, and we're going to be spending the next four weeks on this idea, is that to God, there are no invisible people. And so this, I believe, prophetically, prayerfully, uh, this is a declaration, a mandate that our church is called to be a church where there are no invisible people. Have, if you've ever sat down for dinner with your family at any point, you know when someone's missing. You know when someone's not at the table. And so we want to be the kind of church that will never miss out on the one person that is not at the table. Because there is a seat for everyone at the table and there are no invisible people. There are some sermons that are meant to inspire you. There are some sermons that are meant to convict you. There are some sermons that are meant to challenge you. This sermon is meant to shape the culture of our church. This, this, this is a mandate for who we are called to be, not only as a congregation, but as the move of God for Rhode Island and for our region. I believe that God wants to lift up a church where there are no invisible ones, that, that there will never be a time or a place where you will not be noticed, where we will be the church for the one person left behind and not noticed elsewhere. Here is a home. This is a house where there exists no invisible people. If you're with it, say amen this morning. Come on, somebody. This is a mandate. This is a proclamation. This is a decree. This is a, this is a, this is a, 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 a statement that we will make prophetically into the future of our church. And we will declare not only to our generation, but to our children's children that we will not be a place where you can come in and, and simply be unnoticed. Rather, we will be a place that anyone can call home. And you may be like, well, look, that sounds good, but man, it's going to be good. 
because there's this fire shut up in my bones to see a church that can still grow, but still give attention to the one. Where you don't have to get lost and be a number where you, 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 this is not a mall. This is not a place where you can just kind of come and leave and no one notices. This is a house that anyone can call a home. And if you're not there, it's noticed. And if you are there, it's noticed. And if, 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 if you're going through something, I want to go through it with you. And if you're crying, I'm going to cry with you. And if you're laughing, I'm going to laugh even harder. If you're going through a praise report, then I'm praising with you. If you need prayer, I'm praying with you. If you need a healing, I'm believing with you. If you are going through a dark season, I'll stand by you. Come on, we're not going to be a church that you just come in, sing three songs, listen to a sermon, and get on your way. No, ambassadors, the city, the city Boston, will be a conglomeration of churches where there is not one person left behind. If you believe that, could you say amen? Come on, this is vision here. This is vision. This is, this is speaking things that are not as though they were. This kind of sermon is, is, what, is what the devil hates because you start taking territory that he thinks he has under his control. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm fired up and ready to go. And I'm not even on my introduction yet. So just kind of a disclaimer there, but can we read, can we read something this morning? Uh, let's, let's get into our Bible cause we need to do that. And, uh, and, 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 and I just want to encourage you. Don't miss one part of this series, four Sundays, four weeks, four people that we're going to talk about. And, uh, and if you could just open up your Bibles this morning to the book of Mark chapter 12, you thought that was an introduction, but that's not an introduction. That's just, that's just us getting our feet wet, uh, this morning, Mark chapter 12, we're going to read verses 38 through 44. 38 through 44. And, and you may know this story well, and, uh, and I encourage you, open up your heart and mind, because uh, God wants to show you something in this text that maybe you haven't noticed before. Mark chapter 12, verse 38. My version says, And in his teaching, Jesus said to them, Beware of the scribes who, walk, who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense, make long prayers. They will receive greater condemnation. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The word of the Lord. Let's pray this morning. God, we love you. We're grateful, Lord Jesus, for this beautiful day that you've given to us. What an awesome day it is to be in the house of God. Lord, would you just awaken us, Lord, to the fact that you have something new and fresh to give us, fresh bread from heaven. I pray, oh God, that it would bring life into dead places, breath into dry bones, and that we would walk out of here encouraged by the fact that in the kingdom, there are no, there is no such thing as an invisible person. We love you, and we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, for those of you that are drivers in the house, uh, you, you know the feeling of, of driving on the highway, 95, 93, whatever highway typically is yours, and, and you're, on, you're in one lane, and the person in the lane next to you is not aware of the fact that you are in that lane, and so they decide to change lanes, not realizing that you're already occupying sp- space 
in that lane. Has anybody ever been there where that person is just coming out over like you're not even in that in that space? And so they jerk their wheel. You're jerking your wheel. And you may be sitting here like, yeah, I hate those people. But I guarantee you 100 percent of those people that have experienced that have also been on the other side of this equation where you have been the person trying to switch lanes, not realizing that there was a person in that lane that you're trying to get into. And have you ever been in that moment where you feel like you're going to die, where you realize that you are surrounded by moving vehicles, you are surrounded by 18 wheeler trucks and you are about to die just by jerking your wheel then and you're going however many miles per hour it's a very dangerous situation and it's called a blind spot the blind spot is a spot in the in your line of vision where neither your rear view mirror nor your side mirrors capture or give you a reflection of what is in that specific spot and so it's possible for you to be seeing a lot but still missing a very important piece. And so it's possible for you to have a blind spot. And so I was walking by a random Honda, Honda Civic the other day, and, uh, and I saw on this Honda Civic little cameras on their side mirrors, on both side mirrors, both sides of this Honda Civic. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize Honda Civics. I mean, my wife drives a Honda Civic. It's a nice car, but it's not like a wow car. And, and so I was like, my Kia's not wow either, so I'm not putting my car above her. I was just like, I was, I was surprised. Like, Honda Civic be putting cameras on their side mirrors now. And so I Googled it. And, I'm, and, and this is what's happening. I don't know. Does any of your cars have, mirror, uh, have cameras on the side mirrors? Sensor? All right. No, we're, we're going camera. We're going next level everything. Uh, so what happens now in the Honda Civic, and I don't know if other cars do it, once you put on the blinker on the middle screen, it shows you what's happening in your blind spot. So you, instead of just have, because God forbid, you have to just go like this, right? <laughs> Too much energy expended doing this. So now Honda has made it even easier that you can just keep looking forward and you can see right there on your screen what's happening in your blind spot. That's pretty cool. Is this happening? Is this all the Honda cars? You work at Honda? No, it's not. So this is, this is only certain models but this, there's something spiritual in this in this story is that we all have blind spots and i'm not talking in your car i'm not talking literal i'm talking i'm talking people in your sphere of influence that you are not noticing are there there are issues going on around you that it's out of sight so it's out of mind And when something is out of sight and out of mind, it doesn't mean that it's not happening and it doesn't mean that it's not real. And so this this series, this this four-week journey that we're going to take together is going to be that camera on the side mirror of the Honda Civic. It's going to show us the people that we've been missing. It's going to show us the the issues that we've been ignoring, and it's going to bring what's in our blind spot into clear view. Because I think that as a church, many times we have blind spots because there are people who are on the platform. And I'm not denigrating. I'm on the platform right now. I'm not saying we shouldn't have people uh, up here and and serving. But church culture will frequently glorify or focus on the most visible among us while neglecting the one who's just kind of walking in, walking out, and no conversation is had. 
And I'm not saying that these, these people are priceless. I would give them up for nothing. But I also believe that every single person in this house has equal value and carries equal weight. Let me go deeper. I don't think the value of a church member is in how much money you pay on a Sunday morning into your tithe. You're not going to get a special phone call if you gave double this week from a pastor because it's not so much about what you give. It's about the fact that you are here and your soul is priceless. And so you can't put a dollar amount on a person. And I don't care if they have the position that puts them in a spotlight because I care about every single individual that walks into the doors of this place. When I see you, I don't see dollar signs. When I see you, I see a soul in need of Jesus. Can we say amen? One time I heard this radical notion, we can cut this out of the podcast if needed, that those who tithe the most get special treatment from those in leadership. Man, that is so foreign to me because What you're basically saying is that some have more value than others. Man, this series is uncomfortable. It's as uncomfortable for you to hear it as it is for me to say it. But I think that when we call it out for what it is, God can start doing some mighty things. I'm not here to play cute. I'm here to play real. And so so we want to be a church where, where each person is valued for who they are truly are. So we all have a blind spot. And this morning, God wants to shed light on a story from the New Testament, Mark chapter 12. And, and, and it's really a pity that if you read Mark 12, you know, the headings are put in there by man. That's not, that's not like, those aren't God's words. So like on the thing that we read this morning, it says, beware of the scribes. And then it's like three verses about that. And then it talks about the widow's offering and it talks about that. With those two headings, you sometimes think, well, that must be like a different day or a different time. Something else must be going on here. No, this is one story. This is one story that's happening there in in, in Mark chapter 12. Jesus begins this time of teaching by warning about toxic people in the church. Can we go there this morning? Can I just stand back here so I don't get killed by nobody? Uh, Well, y'all look beautiful from this perspective. Um, but he want Jesus spends like, but Jesus, you know what I love about Jesus is that he says a lot of stuff in a few words. You know, those people that just run their mouth, but they're saying nothing. Jesus, Jesus is not like that. Jesus drops bombs left and right in two verses about the people up in church that you better avoid. So I was praying last night. I'm like, Lord Jesus, when I tell the people what you want me to tell them, could, you, could, you, could they be offended with you and not with me? Because that would be nice. First person, Jesus, Jesus said to watch out for is those who promote themselves. The way he said it was, beware of those scribes who like to walk around in these long robes, basically elevating themselves. Self-promotion is never going to get you promoted. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And to be humbled by God is the hardest of processes. But then the opposite, and this is what we love, and y'all are going to say amen to this, those who humble themselves 
will be exalted. Can we get an amen? <laughs> but yeah, hallelujah. But, 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 but there's this thing that Jesus is warning us about is that sometimes there can be a, a totem pole in church culture where certain people are elevated above the rest. And, I, and I'm not saying we shouldn't have a culture of honor because there's a difference between honor and idolatry. There's a difference between a culture of honor and a culture that elevates some above the rest. In this church, we are not out to build superstars. We're out to make disciples. And so he says, watch out for those who promote themselves, who walk around in these flowing robes to, to be noticed. And I'm not saying don't look good because sometimes we get it twisted and well, like, let me just come into a potato sack. That's not what I'm saying either. I believe in giving God our best. And I think you can look your best and still be humble. I like to look fly. I like a lineup. It gives me a nice little high on Fridays when I get a lineup. I preach better with a lineup. I preach better with money in my wallet. But you can still be humble and not act better than everybody else. Just because you can afford more doesn't mean you're worth more. I'm just going to let it sink. Jesus said, watch out for those who expect to be greeted. Let me just read what he said so that y'all don't take it up with me after service. Don't subtweet me on Facebook. I hate pastors that be, no. I like the way the NIV version puts it. He says, those people who like to walk around flowing robes and those who like to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. You know, I... That whole, they didn't say hi to me mindset. That's the mindset that Jesus is talking about to watch out for. Because you know whose responsibility it is to say hi? Yours. You walked by them with the same two that they walked by you. What am I missing? You're a person with a mouth. They're a person with ears. Say hi. Oh, they didn't. Do you see how they? Do you see how they looked? Do you see where they sat today? No, I didn't. My eyes were closed. My arms were high, and heart was abandoned to Jesus. No, I didn't notice. What you notice says a lot about who you are. I love this series so much. This is gonna be a good sermon series. What you notice speaks about to what's important to you. I love lineups, right? When a dude gets a lineup, you better bet all your money. I say to him, nice lineup. Why? Because it's something that's important to me. When petty things are important to you, guess what you notice? Petty things. Petty critiques reveal petty character. It's just the way it is. I said culture-shaping sermon. This is culture-shaping. 
This is teaching. You can tell the depth of someone's character by how shallow or how deep their conversation is. So, so Jesus is calling out those who expect to be greeted, but don't greet. In, there, in Portuguese, there's this phrase, andar com nariz empinado, which means you walk with your nose up. Basically with this tood that says that I'm up here and y'all are down there. Man, I pray that God cuts all of us down a little bit, cut us down to size and help us to realize we are all made of the same dust. We are all made of the same dust. It doesn't matter how many degrees you got up on your wall. When you get into the ground at the end of our days, you are going to turn into the same dust, the same dirt that my dirt looks like. It doesn't matter what color you are, what nation you were born in. Dirt is dirt is dirt is dirt is dirt. Can we get an amen to that this morning? Is this, is this meaning anything to anybody today? I hope this does because this means a lot to me, man. This is, this is just good stuff. This is just good teaching. It, watch out for those who are positioned above and not among. Watch out for those who like to position themselves above and not among. You know what I love? I'm going to talk about my, I'm going to brag about my parents at the end of this sermon because they're just, they're the best. But you know what I love about their leadership is that they have never positioned themselves above. They have positioned themselves among. You see the pastor in worship. Imagine, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to illustrate this. The worship team is playing, right? And I'm over here. This makes no sense. How can a culture be shaped by a leader who is absent? Now is my time to shine. You didn't see me worship. You didn't see me praise. You didn't see me get in the atmosphere. You didn't see me lift my hands. You didn't. I told you when I was preparing for this sermon, I'm like, Jesus, get a guest speaker to come and say this. I'll call Pastor Manny and he can preach this sermon. Watch out for those who exploit the vulnerable for their own gain. Those who take to exalt themselves while everybody else suffers. This is the toxic nature of the prosperity gospel. And I'm going to call it out for what it is. When you are enriching yourself on the back of, the demog of a demographic that is suffering, that is not of God. When, send me your money, send me your money, send me your money, send me your money, send me your money. So that I can live a posh lifestyle while you can't buy a loaf of Wonder Bread? God's not in it. This is Jesus talking, by the way. I'm just putting it in 21st century language. Let me stop being apologetic. This is, this is God's word. I'm not going to try to dance around it, man. That's, that's, the, that's the problem. That's the problem with our generation. So touchy. Ooh, so, so offensive. No, it's not offensive. It's truth. It's truth. It's truth. It's truth. Watch out for those who perform. Watch out for those who perform. Man, you can tell a difference between anointing and performance. I pray 
over our worship team from the drum condo over here to Tyler and everybody in between that we would never, ever stand upon this platform or 52 Russell Street with a mentality to be seen, noticed, exalted, or praised, but that we would stand upon this platform with an authority and an anointing given by God to lead his people into his presence in Jesus' name. I am not interested in a celebrity church culture that is toxic. It is of the devil himself. I am interested in us lifting up the people of God to be the 21st century church of Jesus Christ. Can we say amen? There are no celebrities. There are no stars. There are not those who are better than the other. No, we are all servants. You don't have to. You get to. You don't have to. You get to. And so watch out for performance where, because performance, what it seeks is approval. What it seeks is approval. Let me be frank with you. Even in preaching, there can be this notion that the, that the, the level of the effectiveness of a sermon is dependent upon the response of the people. But let me tell you something. A lot of times truth hurts and truth doesn't get amens out of people, but you preach it anyway. I've been in rooms where I've had a dude running around the room praising and I've preached into silence. But regardless, I don't care what the response is. Like it was said to Ezekiel, whether they listen or fail to listen, preach it anyway. Not looking for approval. We want to see fruit. Fruit that remains. And so it's like page break. Story's over. Let's go on to the next story. But that's not what's happening. So Jesus is teaching this in the temple. And then he's like, okay, exhibit A. Jesus is sitting right next to the offering baskets. And in come the very people that Jesus was warning about. And they bring in, I mean, they didn't have cash. They had coin. So they bring in coin to give to the offering. And they're walking with their flowing robes. They're, they're coming in with that attitude of, I'm better than, I'm holier than, I am better off than. And, and, and they're coming in with this kind of an attitude, and they dump all that money into the offering treasury. Right behind these visible people comes an invisible woman, the lowest of the low. You see, at the time, a woman's worth was dependent upon the worth of her husband. She was a widow. Not only was she a widow, She was a poor widow. So she is the lowest of the totem pole with two simple copper coins in her hand, which don't even add up to one penny. Two small coins. Behind these very visible givers comes this woman who drops in two copper coins. And Jesus uses this moment as a teachable moment. And he says, you see what that woman gave? She gave more than everybody else. For Those gave out of their riches and still have left over. This woman had two. She could have given one and kept one for herself, but she gave both. You see, I consulted a lot of sources about this point because this story is frequently told from the perspective of sacrificial giving. A lot of times this story will be told in a a sermon or in a church setting where we want to encourage the church to be generous in their offerings. But this story is not about generosity. 
There are other scriptures about sacrificial giving. There are other stories that talk about giving God with a cheerful heart because God loves a cheerful giver. But this story is not about sacrificial giving because you have to look at the context of what's happening. Jesus just warned about these people who have gotten rich off of the back of who? Widows. So who comes into the church with two copper coins? A widow. This story is not about you giving what the last two pennies that you got, because I think God wants you to pay your bills at home too. I think this story is about a toxic church culture where Christ was severely heartbroken by those who had gotten rich off of the backs of widows. Because if you look at the Old Testament, God's command was that you should care for the widow and the orphan first. So the question is not this morning, how much are you going to give into the offering? The question is, why did this woman in a church only have two copper coins? If, if, if we're in the house of God, why is it that this woman is left with only two copper coins? The reason why she had only two copper coins is because the people who were given all the money had profited from her losses. So the money that they gave was actually hers. And so Jesus is calling out, looking, well, who has sacrificed more here? Those who are seen or this woman who got no credit for what she gave? You see, Jesus was not praising her gift of two, of two cents. Jesus was calling out this, do you see what's happening here? Where some are visible and some are invisible and those that are visible are profiting on the backs of those that are invisible. And Jesus in this scene is bringing to the forefront, highlighting this person who has been ignored by the church itself. And he said, there will be no more invisible people. This woman has given more than everybody else combined. So the question this morning is not, how much should you give? What you give is dependent on how much you have. The question this morning is, why was this woman in a setting that she should have been cared for, but she wasn't? And Jesus is calling out that culture and saying, this must not be. And if you go to the very next verse, Jesus then transitions into talking about destroying the temple. Because what he was seeing is not what God had designed the church to be. And this new temple that would be built would not be a place where some are exalted over others, but where all would be humbled at the same level, which is at the foot of his cross. Is this meaning anything to anybody this morning? In the kingdom of God, there is no such thing as invisible people. The widow gets highlighted in a situation where she would have never been seen. Jesus highlights this woman and says, you have given more than all the others. What breaks my heart about this story is that there were those around her who had the resources to help her, but they would walk past her and she gave all she had to live on. She could have given one and kept one. She gave both. This is the clear picture of injustice. This is the clearest picture of injustice. One of the clearest pictures I see in the scripture where 
Some are elevated and some are ignored. I want to talk about my dad for a moment. What I love among, I mean, my dad is, among many words, a man of character, a man of integrity. What you see is what you get. He is not one person, and, and man, from birth up until the day I got married at 26, I had a 365-day-a-year observation of what a man of God should be. I didn't have to look elsewhere for an example because I had it in my own home. I didn't have to seek out mentors because I had the best of the best across the hall. Besides learning what it is to be a man of God, how to be a husband, how to be a father, I learned from him what it looks like to be a pastor. What I love about my dad He has been successful in his career in his own right. He's a dentist. He was a facial surgeon in Brazil. The guy has diplomas that could coat the room. But he has always led from a place of humility. He has given attention to those others have ignored. And the best way, one of the most practical ways that I have seen this exemplified is in the way he has served others, even financially, without ever seeking return, without ever seeking praise, without ever seeking notice. You cannot imagine the amount that he has invested into lives, quite literally. Not just a dollar amount. I'm talking phone calls. I'm talking when we were at home growing up and he was able to juggle giving family priority but still rushing out at almost midnight to visit a family that needed his attention and still show up to his dental practice the next morning to make sure that bread was on our table. For my dad, there's no such thing as invisible people. He has a quiet strength that I am trying to learn. He has a grace and a compassion that I can only dream of having. Many times I am too blunt. Many times I am too brash and too impatient. But then I look to my example, my dad, who gracefully and carefully pastors the flock that God gave him. My dad has never sought a platform. His platform has been the platform of humility. His platform has been the the platform of compassion. His platform has not been filled with lights. His platform has not been, been one that has gone viral on social media. His platform has not been one where people try to imitate even what he wears. But I'm telling you, his is a character worth emulating. His is a heart worth striving to be after. And his is the heart of Christ. And so as I stand here as a very imperfect man, trying to now share the load of ministry, I'm faced now with the reality that I am very imperfect, but I am so grateful that I am not invisible. That Jesus, he not only sees me, but he is doing a work 
in me and that God noticed me when, when I was just a kid growing up in church and I was sitting right there in that second row right behind Raheem and, and I was going to youth group just like everybody else with no desire to be in ministry and no desire to ever stand on a platform, much less take a microphone and very much less to ever preach a sermon. God saw me invisible Shane in that row and I'm telling you God is able to raise up anybody to do his work in the church in the kingdom there is no such thing as invisible people so my mandate to you this morning and my mandate to our church is that we would become a community where there are no invisible people no one is exalted above any other no one is more important than any other no one is more valuable than any other there are no superstars there are no celebrities we are all disciples we are servants we are laborers in the field of God's harvest we don't have to we get to man I'm so glad that I'm not invisible that Jesus saw me and since he saw me I will see other people this is who we will be as a church this is our mandate this is our vision this is our call this is what will drive us into the next five to ten years of 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 of, of mission as a church we will be a church for the invisible ones we will be a church for those left behind we will be a church for the one we will be a church for that one that had no place we will notice when they're not at the table And this morning, we get to come to the table. Xavier and Rahim, if you could bring me that table right here to the front of this sanctuary. And if we could stand as a congregation. Today, we have the beautiful opportunity to gather together at the table of God. Where there are no invisible people and there is no one that's not noticed. We get to take a cup And we get to break bread together and we get to drink together remembering that through the sacrifice of Christ, we have been made whole.